Hey, Pleasure Posse, I'm Nell, your pleasure coach, and I'm here to kibosh the fear society has around women and V-Squad's pleasure. Welcome to Millennial Triggered. She is someone who reached out to me with a really cool story and uh, wanted me, well, I'll just talk to you now. Um, Ellie, you wanted, like you reached out to me on Instagram and you were like, hey, can you talk about this thing? Because I don't hear a lot about it. And I think it's really important. And you sent me a bunch of information and I was like, yeah, I, I for sure could do that, but it's probably better if you talk about it from your experience because I would just be like regurgitating the information I learned. So welcome. And you're here to tell your story. So hello. Hello. <laughs> so who are you? Where are you from? What's going on? Like, um, were you, were you following me when you reached out or did you kind of just randomly come across my page and were like, you need to talk about this? Yeah, I had actually, I think I'd been following you for like a few months. Um, I saw your, you had one TikTok that, you had a few TikToks that have like gone viral, but like the one about like centribution, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, like I didn't even know like there was a word for that. And so of course, like I followed you and then I saw like you were like, I am able to talk more freely on Instagram. So I was like, oh, okay, because TikTok censors everything. So yeah, I followed you on there and then maybe a couple months later, I don't really remember, but I think you posted something about like SSRIs, antidepressants and like sexual, just like dysfunction in general. And I was like, huh, I wonder if like she's ever heard of like PTAD, which is like persistent genital arousal disorder. And if she has, like maybe she wants to talk about it. Um, I didn't really expect you to respond because like I've messaged like other influencers. Like I really love the influencer, um, Dr. Mike he has like an enormous platform. So like, I wasn't surprised yeah. that he didn't respond, but he's called attention to like some of the more rare um, conditions that not many people are aware of. So I like, have always just thought it would be cool if someone with a platform like would cover this. That's, and responded, I was like, yay. <laughs> that's really cool though, that you, that you were intentionally putting that out to people and, and encouraging by talk about that. Um, because yeah, like the only way we're going to do it, unless we've got, you know, it's come up in our, you know, our brainstorming sessions. Like it's, we rely on people to say, Hey, this is what I need. And I think that there's a a community that could really benefit from it. So, um, so can you, well, what is, what is PGAD? Can you go in and explain for people who have no idea what it is? Yeah. Um, so PGAD stands for persistent genital arousal disorder. Um, there's like various terms out there for it, but that's the most consistent one I've seen like across studies and websites. Um, it's basically hypersexuality, but without the arousal or like emotional mental aspect. So it's like the physical aspect of being aroused without the actual like mental arousal. So it becomes very frustrating and inconvenient the way I describe it to like the few people in my life that I've told about it is like 
imagine like that feeling you get when you're like two seconds away from an orgasm and it's just that physical sensation pretty much all of the time when you're just like grocery shopping like just doing whatever yeah that's like I, I was thinking after we we had our chat the other day that yeah I've seen a few documentaries on PGAD but it's always um it's always depicting people who are like literally experiencing orgasms. Yeah. And so, I mean, it makes sense to me that there would be like a wide range of different, mm-hmm. you know, sensations. Um, but to always feel like on the cusp of something, it's like, you're almost there. And then yeah. you're just always never almost there. Um, so that, that's like, so interesting to me, like that, you know, really, I mean, obviously PGAD has not really been discussed that much, but then I'm sure, I mean, what does it feel like for you to be on in like the, even like the lower downs, like less than studied and less than talked about category, like that must feel so well, frustrating wouldn't even be the word. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The word I thought of is like, erasure that's sort of like what it feels like because you like it almost feels like that (laughs) like um and you know I I guess I do want to be careful with that word just because like I'm a white woman and and maybe that's not quite the right you know um but it you know in a way it does feel like that especially when having conversations about uh ableism and like disabled people and um chronic pain um the first like close female friend I ever told about this uh, I've told you this too, like, is that like, I feel like the worst things and like being in pain all the time is the fact that like, I have to keep it a secret. Um, cause so many people don't understand it. Right. Um, the one thing that's like helped me so much with that is, um, the research studies I've seen, like I have described to you the amount of just pure relief I felt when I first even like saw the term PGAT. I was like this, there's a medical term for this at least. And also there's like a Facebook support group I found, which just, it's mostly women. Men can experience this too, but it is more taken, taken more seriously in men because there's physical proof, you know, if you get an erection, like, right. men, and there's uh, like necrosis of the penis and like really bad things that can happen from that. So it is taken more seriously in men, but um, wow. sorry, I'm like, I have ADHD and I'm jumping all over the place. Same Z's, same Z's. No, that's perfect. <laughs> I relate far better to people with ADHD. So that's because I'm like, Me oh yeah, too. that makes sense. And I'm following and people who are like yeah. going through like sequential order of their thoughts. I'm just like, <laughs> how are you doing? Where that? are you? Yeah. So when did this all start, start happening for you? And, and why did it like, what, what was the catalyst for, for all of this? I think it started happening, it was like right before I turned 19. Um, so that would have been like uh, like four years ago. Um, no, yeah, like three and a half, four years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was on a new antidepressant um, that was an SNRI, which is something different from what I've usually tried. I've usually been on like SSRIs. Um, and this one was like more of like a stimulatory antidepressant. Um, and I kind of noticed while I was on it, these like symptoms of like feeling hyper and like feeling manic, which I've never been like manic in my life before that. And just like interesting things. So I was like, I want to get off of this. So 
I tried to withdraw from it and it was like super hard to come off of it for some reason. Um, and when I started coming off of it, I think that's when I started to experience like the symptoms of PGAD. Um, and I didn't know what was going on for probably like two or three months. Like I didn't know it was like an actual like physical disorder. I just kind of thought I was going crazy. <laughs> like, uh, And then I remember telling a friend about it and I was like, am I like, am I a sex addict? Like, um, and she was like, I don't think that like sex addicts even have like this physical sensation that you're describing. Like, I think you need to like go to a doctor. And so that's when I Googled it the first time and I saw like the words persistent genital arousal disorder. And I was like, oh, and I like went through it like symptom by symptom because it is, in the, I think it's in the DSM-5 now. So there are criteria, I forget what they are specifically, but basically it was like, holy shit. Like I, I don't know if I can swear. I was like, oh my God, like I, like, okay. Like I meet every criteria for this. Um, so my next step was to go, I wanted to find a new primary care physician anyway. So I did this one that my mom really liked. And I was like, hey, here's this thing I found that I think I have. And I like had it pulled up on my phone and I showed it to her. And that was like my first experience of like kind of the erasure that I talked about. She like looked at it on my phone. She's like, wow, that's really interesting. Like, I don't know anything about that. And then just like proceeded with my like intake as a new patient. And like, we've never spoken about it again. Uh, okay. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was bizarre, honestly. Like she never, she just skimmed right over it. There was no like, yeah. here, go see a specialist or maybe I'll just Google it quickly, just something. So were you like, okay, well, first of all, ADHD brain, can you explain to everyone what an SSRI is and an SNRI is for people? Yeah, I don't know exactly like the chemical difference, but I do know they're like different types of antidepressants. So the SSRI is, I actually, I don't want to say the wrong word. I, it has something to do with serotonin. Sure. Um, and the SNRI has something to do with norepinephrine. Right. Um, and so I went from Prozac to, which was the SSRI to Effexor, which was the SNRI. Cause they like wanted to try something different or whatever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, here I've got SSRI selective serotonin reuptake mm-hmm. in a bit inhibit inhibitors for those listening. I don't have SNRI though, but, um, yeah, I hear a lot about SSRIs, but SNRIs are something new to me. Um, so I think that's, you know, I think it was really great to add, add that on. And I think, yeah, I'll do some research on that. Um, just give everyone a bit more information. So, what, I mean, can you take us through, like, did you wake up one morning with it? Um, it was right after, did you, I mean, did you have an orgasm that it happened? Like, when did you, what, what was that day like in that moment that you noticed it all started to happen? Yeah, I think it did come on gradually for me. And I've spoken to other women that it's come on like very suddenly for, but for me, it was kind of like, I went from like what I normally do, which is like masturbating like once a day to like two or three times a day. And I was like, oh, like maybe I'm just like hormonal or something. Um, And then gradually I started to notice that like, I didn't really feel 
I don't know how to describe it, like done. Like after I would like have an orgasm, like I, it just didn't feel like I had just done what I did. And um, there was one night I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because like, I literally like came like three times in a row and I was like, I like still feel, and that's the feeling I was describing to you. That was like the first night that I was like, I still feel like I'm about to like do it again. Right. Um, I remember just like being like so freaked out and in so much pain. I think that was when I Googled it. That was when I like started seeing stuff about it and like seeing, I think I joined that Facebook group and I started seeing like home remedies and stuff. And uh, the first thing I think I saw was like sitting in a cold bath, like a super, like super cold water, um, which sucked, but it did like make it bearable and like help me like go to sleep and like stop losing my mind. Cause I think at that point, at that point, like I was about to go to the hospital. Cause I was like, I think I'm insane and like I need to be in a psych ward or something. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Did you know that studies show oral sex is three times more likely than intercourse to lead to orgasms for vulva owners? Did you know that? Does it come as a surprise to you though? No. No, it doesn't. Laurels are super ultra thin latex panties that are worn during oral sex. They allow for deep sensual connection while giving you control over how much you want to reveal. Sometimes you want the sensations of oral without the skin to skin contact and sometimes you want super thin latex for kinky play. I'm obsessed with them. Mind you, I was on my period the other day. I wanted to masturbate and I was like, masturbate or like focus on cleaning up. And I remembered that one of the lovely attractions about Laurel is you can have a mess-free playtime because all this extra material that has been designed into the panties so that you can wedge them up into nooks and crannies without being concerned that one area is now no longer covered because another area is extra covered. It holds in your menstrual blood. And I tell you, I put a little little bit of lube on my vulva and then I put a little, little bit of lube on the outside of the laurels and I used my Sila suction um, suction vibrator and I, <laughs> there were about four times where I thought that the panties had slipped off because I was like, oh shit, this is skin to skin. And I was like, no, it, this is very much on me. And it's that thin. I was impressed. Laurels are currently not approved to protect against STIs, but they're working on that right now, so stay tuned. Get 10% off when you use the code NELL at mylaurels.com. That's N-E-L-L. It's my name, guys. (laughs) For 10% off and at no extra cost to you, boo, you help me keep this podcast free. I'd appreciate it. All right, back to the show. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, I can't, I honestly can't imagine it. Like to be, to be going through that. Like it's one thing to, 
to recognize that something's happening in your body and like be really confused about it. But when it's happening in an area that's so private, um, right. already like has so much like shameful stigma around it to then like, you know, I, I just like the desire to just keep putting it off would be strong. Is that what you experienced? Yeah, I definitely did then until it got to a point where I couldn't. And then especially now, like, that's the thing, like, I don't really acknowledge this much in my life anymore. Because when I finally like, so when I found out about this, I went completely off the effects or like, I finally completely withdrew. And it changed from like, sort of the symptoms I was just describing, where it was so unbearable that like, I almost went to the hospital to like, not to that feeling that I described where you feel like on the brink every second of the day, just like, this sort of low level, like almost like ringing in your ears kind of thing. And it's right. very, it got easier for me to just acclimate to it. Um, and especially now that it's been like three years, I'm just like, well, like this is what it is. And it, I mean, it's improved significantly for this, for me. Like when I'm looking at like the Facebook group and stuff, like, and I see other people talk about their symptoms, I feel really lucky and grateful. Cause like, I'm pretty functional throughout the day. There's not much that I can't do. Right. Um, wow. So, um, so if we can talk a bit about effects or you had mentioned earlier the other day that there's a warning on it. What is that warning? It's yeah. And I don't specifically remember, but I remember just like Googling it. I think maybe, cause I think there isn't a warning on it or like at okay. least when I got put on it, like nobody told me, but then the important caveat there is like, I got put on it when I was actually inpatient for depression. So they were just like, we want to try this different antidepressant. It's different than Prozac. So it might, you know, it's good to do something different. I was like, sure. Like I'm miserable right now. So I'll take whatever you tell me. Um, but then I looked it up and it, I just read that like withdrawing from SSRIs and SNRIs can cause PGAD. Um, like very like rare percent of the time. And I do remember seeing some percentage number, but I don't know like from where. So I like hesitate to like actually say a number For or sure. say that I saw it. Cause I'm like, what if I'm accidentally lying? <laughs> no, that's fine. I think when we were chatting, um, like I was about two months back, you mentioned like something like zero point something 1% or like, it yeah. sounds like it's, and again, like forever who's, who's listening, we, we obviously don't have like the exact number, but it's some, it's one of those, well, it's, it's one of those percentages where you're just like, oh yeah, yes, it's fine. Like that, that's yeah. like one in 10 million people. And then you're like, oh, I'm that one, I'm that person. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, if, if I were put in that situation and I, you know, read it before I decided to take it, I wouldn't even, cons- I'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, obviously yeah. that's not going to happen to me. So I'll yeah. go ahead. So, you know, I feel like, yeah, it's, it would be really hard. I mean, I think it's really good to know, um, moving forward because obviously it's not being talked about, um, the people in your Facebook group is, did you find, or do you find that, um, there have been quite a few women who have experienced it from the same medication or are there other medications as well that people are experiencing it? And and are there other people who are experience, experiencing it that it hasn't been linked to medication, but something else? Yeah, so yes to that last question. Um, and also, yes, I've definitely heard of, 
actually more often than not, I've seen other women experience it from things other than effects or I think I've interacted with like a couple of women that like got it from like, got it like it's a virus, but like it, it got it induced from like the same uh, drug I had effects her. But I know I've heard the names Lexapro, um, Zoloft, um, heard Lexapro, Zoloft. I think even one person said Prozac, which I was like, <laughs> that's the only like antidepressant that's ever like worked for me and not given me problems. Um, I think it really comes down to like body chemistry and like they don't really know like they just have absolutely no idea what's and then I've seen um and some of the papers I remember reading a long time ago like a lot of people that have it have a Tarlov cyst like in their spinal cord and it presses on the pudendal nerve yeah um and a lot of times that's the cause um, I read one paper where like this woman apparently like fell on her horse like she was horseback riding and like fell really hard like on her seat um and that induced it like a physical trauma um so wow. that was really interesting yeah oh my gosh how many women um are if you if you don't know that's fine um that are in your facebook group i think it's definitely over 2000 Wow. I can like say that with confidence. Like it's a lot, it's like growing too. And so for, well, so you've been able to adjust to the, like to the sensations and you're also saying that they've started to kind of like lessen. Um, in the beginning though, were you able to function? Were you able to focus? I mean, were you in school at that time? You know, cause you said it was around 19, I believe like what, how did it affect your life? And then when were you able to start sharing with your family what's going on? I mean, like you'd mentioned that your mom had suggested a doctor, but like, did you feel shameful about it? Did you really kind of keep this to yourself before opening up and sharing it with people like the, your loved ones, your close, your close ones? Yeah. Um, I told my mom initially, like when I first figured out what it was, I remember like I was home alone um, and my parents were on vacation. And it, I was like, the, I think it was like the night that I Googled it and I figured it out and I was so excited that at least I knew what it was. I like texted her um, and like texted her a link and I was like, hey, I think I have this. I've always felt pretty comfortable with my mom about That's that kind so of thing. That's so cool. That's great. And yeah, and she was like, she was the one that suggested like her primary care doctor because it's so funny like she's so great for everything else it just it was weird for like this one thing I don't know um and then she was like I'll tell your dad and I was like okay yeah like I don't want to talk about this with him ever like you can right. just tell him <laughs> like um so that's pretty much how it went I uh in regards to like how functional I was in the beginning yeah I think I it was really hard for me to fall asleep um and that's always been a thing for me, but like, especially because of this, because like, it would still be a thing I as I was like trying to go to sleep. about that. What would you have to do uh, in the evening? Like, would you have to, like, I'm, for me, I'm just thinking like the, the only way that I can, can relate, can try to put myself <laughs> like the most sliverish way in your shoes is like, um, um, having a, you, uh, like a urinary tract infection and like, it feels, I've always described it as like my clitoris chewed Excel, like gum. And I don't know if you guys have Excel over there. Um, but it's like, they're really like 
if you like walk out in the, like the cold after chewing gum and you're like, you breathe, that's what it feels like on your clit when you have a urinary tract infection. And so I would like try to like pile up pillows right near my clit and like apply pressure. What would, what did you have to do or do you, what do you still have to do to get to sleep? Yeah, that actually, that's a pretty apt description. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's, I mean, it, and it is that same feeling of like, oh my God, like with the UTI, like why won't this feeling go away? I just want to go to sleep. Like just make it go away. Yeah, um, the main thing I would do was like ice packs. So like sort of like you were describing with the pillow, I would accept like it would be that cold feeling, but it would like numb it out. And I guess maybe um, the feeling of a different sensation would like distract me from like the more internal sensation. Right. Um, and usually that would like provide enough relief to go to sleep. And how about nowadays? What's it like? Um, yeah, I rarely, rarely have to do that with the ice now or like do really anything. Um, the only times I do are if like I'm experiencing something else in that area. So like if I have a UTI or have any other like type of infection for whatever reason that makes the PGAD way worse. I cannot imagine having both of those at the same <laughs> both. time. It's so fun when I have both. Oh my God. We yeah. need to get you an award. People need, we need <laughs> to write a book. We need to know about you. <laughs> that is insane. Like to have to deal with that. Talk about like the stuff one deals with as a woman, like, whoa. Yeah. My gosh. So when you were going through this, like you hadn't actually well, correct me if I'm wrong. You hadn't had sex yet. Is that right? Yeah. So you like, you had nothing to come, like you, there was no sexual intercourse to compare it from before till now. So there's, so asking you like, how has sex changed? Isn't even a quite like a, an answer, you, you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What has that then been like so far as what you're aware of, like, you know, assuming like, okay, maybe this isn't what normally one should experience what has sex been like are you able to have an orgasm like with a partner um is it harder to get there um you mentioned though that you centrobate so that might even just be not even associated with the pgad yeah i think that yeah um definitely like the centrobating thing is a big part of like why i usually like can't get there with a partner um but yeah I mean it is harder like um because I spend like so many hours of my day especially in the beginning I don't so much now anymore but like through all of this I learned to view arousal as like this like intrusive like physical sensation that I didn't want so like it's very hard when I'm like having sex like give myself permission to be like okay like this like now we're okay like this is allowed right now and part of it, I think, is the fear that, like, like, when this first started, I had to learn very quickly. And I think that's why it was so bad. That, and I, I described, like, the more that I, like, try to relieve myself, like, the worse it gets. Like, the, the more stimulation, the more inflamed those nerves get. Those nerves get. It's what I've heard some people say, which makes sense to me. Um, right. So it's that fear, like, if I'm having sex, that it's going to be like, okay, is this going to start up a flare? Like, am I just going to, like, be miserable after this? Wow my gosh yeah okay so it's you're, you're always kind of at war with yourself um because it's just so much more than just letting go and um when you do have um 
an orgasm, does it, does the sensation go away? Mm, it's hard to say. I mean, the short answer is no. Um, it like gets better briefly. Um, in the very beginning, it would get better for like 30 seconds and then it would come right back. But now I think it's a lot better. Like I, and I think I have learned like to just like be done with one. Like, I think that because of this and what a lot of women struggle with is like, because you're always almost there, you can like do it over like as many times as you want, which like is the misunderstanding where people are like, wow, that sounds awesome. But like, first of all, it makes it worse. And second of all, like, uh, I think that like, I just almost like set this rule for myself where I'm like, okay, once I like orgasm once, like, that's it. Like, um, because I know like, I'm just gonna like, it's gonna like start a flare afterwards. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not like a bad sensation. Like I still enjoy it. Um, that's, that's good. And it, definitely now, like it feels better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, it sounds like you're more of an optimist than a pessimist. You're looking, I mean, and I think dealing with something like this, that's all, all the time, all around the clock. I think that's a really great approach to take. So way to go for, for you. Cause I feel like sometimes it's the mental aspect that really makes it or breaks it. So, um, for, for anyone listening right now, who let's say, are just going through this, like they're, they're experiencing it. Maybe they just found out that they have PGAD or maybe they're just, maybe they just realized right now. Um, what are some suggestions that you can give to them? Um, and then also perhaps like what kind of loving advice or just messaging would you be able to share with someone who's going through this? Yeah, um, I think like just in terms of like coping mechanisms, like physically, yeah, the ice packs were really good for me. Um, the cold baths were good for me. Um, for a while, I was on prescription medication to help me sleep. Um, that was helpful. Uh, I have found that psychiatrists and psychologists tend to be a lot more understanding and like open to an explanation of it um which is interesting um even if you know I have had that fear of like okay they're just gonna like think I'm hypersexual um but that hasn't really happened um like I remember when I did get off of effects or like my psychiatrist was like kind of hesitant to like pull me all the way off and I like basically told her like no I've been experiencing this and like I think this is why and I really like want to get off of this and I don't know it probably was just because she was a good psychiatrist and like if a patient says they really want off of the medication that's kind of the right thing to do but um but yeah like she was understanding my therapists have been understanding um and so like they've been understanding in terms of like sleep medications um I've heard of like various medications people have tried to help with it that's probably like something to discuss with your doctor I don't want to like give any I don't, like I don't even really want to mention any medication names there just because yeah, I fine. feel yeah it's like out of my scope but um yeah in terms of just like advice like I just like I really had to come to terms with it in terms of like viewing it in my mind is like okay I have chronic nerve pain like that's sort of how I've viewed it um 
One super weird thing that happened once that I need to like look into more is I worked a job and this woman that I worked with did this thing called Reiki, like healing. Yeah. Um, like they called it healing touch. I'd never heard of it. I thought it was BS. Um, but I was like, well, uh, they're giving us like 15 minutes off work. I can sit down and do that. I was like, sure, whatever. And she's like, do you have any like specific pain? And I was like, oh, I have nerve pain. And she was like, where? Just generally? And I was like, just generally. Like, it's like I'm at work. Like, and she's like, okay. And But she did the thing. And it like, it was so weird. It was like, it, it didn't remove the feeling. But like, first of all, I totally believe in that stuff now because it was like, a crazy healing thing yeah. um but also like I wasn't thinking about it it just like sort of removed like the obsession like me like focusing on the pain from it so that was really helpful if you want to try that um I think that's great I yeah. should try that more yeah Reiki <laughs> I think it's spelled um R-E-I-K-I actually my aunt and my grandma do it um and I just recently went to, like, I've grown up knowing about this stuff and I'm like, okay, guys. And then I went to uh, someone else yeah. um, <laughs> to try it for the first time and some crazy stuff happened and like stuff that I've dealt with and fears I've had. She, in our wind down time after, she was like, are you, like, do you have a fear of like big bodies of water? And then, uh, and she goes, and uh, like, do you have like this, like really intense fear of drowning? So and I, I was like, shut the fuck up. I literally said that to this, like very like angelic, <laughs> like flowing, like soft spoken. How are you? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Oh <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, do you think you died in a past life from drowning? I'm like, who the fuck are you lady? I was like, literally just saying two days before that to my mom, I'm like, I think I died in a past life oh my God. by drowning. And, um, before, yeah. yeah. But, um, and then in terms of physical stuff, like really crazy stuff that I just can't explain it, nor do I have any interest to explain it. Um, because you don't have to, um, mm -hmm. and so that's really, yeah, that's really interesting. If, the trick is finding like someone who's good. Like God didn't let my aunt or my grandma do it. I'm like, no, I really don't trust y'all, but you know, yeah. finding like the right person. And then also being able to open up and be like, yeah. So if you could just like work in my clitoral area, that would be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sitting behind this. Cause I'm, I was like in a healthcare place and like sitting behind like the nurse's station desk. She's like, so where is the pain? I was like, Hmm, like, it's like everywhere just general nerve pain oh my gosh wait, wait wait till like you go and and we'll find out that like you were stabbed in the clitoris like in a past life <laughs> 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 or like someone someone killed you right as you were about to reach an orgasm oh that's really funny yeah <laughs> ah! oh oh my gosh <laughs> Great. Okay, cool. So, um, being open to like energetic work. Um, I don't know if you, uh, heard of this, but osteopathy, um, that might be something to check out. That is kind of like a combination of actually like hands-on, like adjusting your body, but working with energy at the same time. And, um, it's been around for thousands of years and that, um, yeah, you never know. But again, it's kind of, you, you gotta, you have to 
feel safe and empowered to share like what's going on with you. Um, so now you told me something, which I feel, I feel like a few people are at, well, I feel like a few people are wondering, could you put, um, like a numbing oral gel on your glitters? Like, and I'm joking. I mean, like, could you put some kind of like a numbing cream on your clitoris? And then also you had mentioned that someone actually went as far to remove their clitoris. Could you, could you share a bit more about those two aspects? Yeah. Um, I, for the first one, I know that people have posted about like their doctors prescribing them like steroid uh, creams or like lidocaine creams. Um, and for some people, those seem to help a little um, or a good bit. And for some people, they don't do anything. Um, that's like the weird thing about this is I feel like everyone's so different with like what works right. and what doesn't. Right. Um, but I think it is possible, like definitely ask, um, like your doctor. Um, and you feel it and... in your clitoris, right. And I, mm-hmm. I'm just like, we, we did talk, touch a little bit on this. And so I'm like, I'm not going, I, I know some of the, the answers that I actually haven't answered here today. So you're, <laughs> you're feeling it directly, like in the tip of your clitoris, do you feel it like in your clitoral body? Where do you feel it anywhere else? Where, where is it exactly that the sensation is occurring? Yeah, pretty much like in the tip. Okay. Okay. And so anyway, sorry, I just, I wanted okay. to get that clear. So, um, so, and then someone went as far to do a full clitorectomy, um, mm-hmm. you were saying, and how did that end up? Yeah, I remember like, I can't remember the name of the paper, but I like clearly remember reading it. Cause I was like, wow, like that's extreme. Um, I feel like it was the same woman, like with the horse accident. Um, and they basically said that it didn't work <laughs> like which like this poor woman like I was that's why I remember it because it's stuck in my mind so much I was like holy shit like um but yeah so I think it pretty much just didn't work but yeah okay so it was like it kept going for her like the sensation was still there which is like so from a like human standpoint that's horrible from a medical yeah. standpoint like that's so fascinating to me like what like I it's got to be something with the nerves and like the the neural response of the brain center like do you you know if it was just like the tip of her clitoris that was that was um that was surgically removed or was it the entire clitoral body like I'd be so interested to know if you've got that um research I'd love to read it because now it just piques more and more of my interest wow okay so Ooh, yeah, it, it's so true though. Like from a personal standpoint, you're like, oh, fuck. I just lost my clitoris. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's like phantom limb sensation, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but then medically fascinating um, and, and probably much needed. Um, and that's the like unfortunate part with medical breakthroughs is like, there are always people who suffer and, um, and have to sacrifice in order to get that you know, that, that outcome and, and like the answers. So, um, okay. So it sounds like a lot of people or people have tried a lot of things and it really is just, it's just specific to each person's situation is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. And so I'm happy though, that you've got like this community that you can go to. Have you been able to get back? Like, did you go back to your doctor or have you been able to find a specialist 
Um, cause I know like you had mentioned, um, the other day that you've kind of just settled into living with it and it has started to dissipate in terms of the sensations, but have you been able to have someone validate your, what you're experiencing, or even just give you like a little bit of information or care? I did have, before I left for like I switched schools when I was about 20. Um, and before I did that, I had a gynecologist at home that I told about it. And she at least was like, wow, I've never heard of that. That's really interesting. Let me like go home and research it and I'll get back to you. And just that I was like, thank God, like at least you like want to learn about it. Um, and so she came back and she was like, yeah, I read about this. And like, it sounds like you coming off of these SSRIs, like um, or SNRI, like that can cause it. So like, she basically believed me, which was amazing. Um, and she, I want, at that point I wanted to go on birth control anyway. Um, and she was like, had read that sometimes that helps for some oh, reason, okay. which is interesting to me. Cause like, I feel like the hormones and for, in my experience, the hormones have actually made it worse. Like the hormonal estrogen pills, like I, for some reason, I feel like that makes it worse. Not Wow. significantly but like I can tell a small difference um so again everyone's different so she like we tried that it didn't really help um and I was about to leave for school anyway and I go to a university that's like kind of a big medical research university so she was like I have some colleagues there that might be able to help you um yeah and so she was like I'll I'll email you that information and I think she just forgot about it because she never emailed me anything. okay um and I kind of just let it go because again, at that point, I feel like it was, it's been very like bearable for me lately. Um, and so like, if I had to put it on a pain scale now, I'd probably say like some, most days a three, some days a four, like it's really up above that. Um, okay. So I can manage it. And then I emailed a, like an OBGYN office here um, because they said that they specialized in like sexual dysfunction. I was like, okay. Um, and I just emailed them and was like, Hey, I'm looking for an appointment. Like I have a PGAD, like, um, would one of your doctors be able to like assess me? And they emailed back and they were like, we don't have doctors that are able to treat this. Try this hospital. <laughs> and that was it. And I was like, okay, thanks. Like they didn't even give me a number. They just like gave me the name of the other hospital. I was like, you're not even giving me a referral. Oh my God. I need to go Google it myself, which I'm a little done with. So at a certain point, like the risk reward for me, it's like, okay, like how many, like every time I get brushed off like that, it's like more erasure and more like, okay, nobody really gives a crap. So like at this point, it's like pretty bearable for me. So it's just like, I would just rather like deal with it on my own. Well, this is like the problem when people are having like constant pain. Um, you're just trying to get through day-to-day life. Um, and especially if it's a, a pain that like, it's not visible to other people, then there's a lot of stigma around it of like, oh, okay. Yeah. What do you really have? But like your number one priority is to just get through each day mm-hmm. as best as you can and take care of, take care of yourself. And then to have the runaround with doctors who aren't even saying, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Like it must, that must be really frustrating or you must feel really isolated. Um, sorry, we don't, we can't do anything, but here's whatever. And then go above and beyond. Really. It's not above and beyond and get the fucking phone number. But like, you know, after a while, 
you you've reached out to so many people and it's like you know you're getting the same response which which sounds like it's just like this dull non-interested response Mm -hmm. um and so that's you know the medical system really seems to fail people in that because it's like you know, you're taking this initiative, but one can only take so much initiative and pursue something when they're in pain and when, when they're mm-hmm. dealing with stuff, you know? Um, so I'm really sorry that that's been your experience. And I really hope that someone is going to listen to this podcast and be like, yeah, oh, I can for sure help you. Or I know who can help you. And I sent a bunch of like your information um, to some of my coaches and then they reached out to other people um, and sent some resources. So, you know, I, God, like, but they, you know, the two ladies you were talking about were really empathetic about what you were going through and they like really worked hard to get some information. So I hope that like, there are more people out there. I hope that there are more people who, who, who have that stance of like, just cause you don't know what it is, doesn't mean like don't poo-poo someone like yeah you know I feel like doctors are most of them are like or at least my experience from this and it's a little biased because that's mostly what I've experienced but like they're insecure and when they hear about something that they they don't know of and they haven't been trained on they're just like well that's a medical mystery on to the next yeah they don't dwell on the fact that they don't know something which I mean I'm a science major like science is constantly learning and changing and and researching um so it's it's definitely not like Grey's Anatomy where they're like oh I don't know what this is I'm gonna find out yeah (laughs) like five episodes in they're still on and they really care and they're in a freaking helicopter we're gonna find you your thing (laughs) we're gonna find you this medicine um what about insurance are you able to apply for that is there even like a category that you can apply to Yeah, I, because honestly, I don't know, that's never occurred to me, because the only times that I brought it up to a doctor have been like, I was like at like an intake, and then I was like with my OBGYN for birth control, Um, and then I've like emailed people, but then they like, you know, have like shunted me off like in, you know, the email back, so I've never actually tried. Um, I would think maybe you could, because it is in the the DSM-5 now, Um, so probably. All right. We'll put it on the list to see. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, this just involves people actually, you know, doing their job though. Yeah. Um, and then of course you have to go through all that stuff. So, um, so before we, we wrap things up, is there anything that you want to share with everyone? I think you had mentioned, yeah, you definitely mentioned, that you didn't want people to listen to this podcast and be put off of medication. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that if you are like in a place where you feel like you need antidepressants, definitely don't take this as like, Oh my God, I took antidepressants and like, like I hate my life now because first of all, like I I don't hate my life. Like this is just kind of a thing, but also probably if I had known this was going to happen, um, but it was unavoidable and it probably was with my body chemistry. If I took antidepressants, I probably would have still taken antidepressants um, because they saved my life. So uh, 
yeah, I mean, if it's valid, if it's a concern for people now, like well, obviously once they listen to this, but just like talk to your doctor about that concern. Um, yeah. Okay. And if someone is going through this or knows someone who's going through this, um, what are, what are some resources? Um, there's a, there's a Facebook group or do you have the name for that? Or is that something like you could send me and I'll put it in the show notes? Um, yeah, I think I asked if people were comfortable with me, like sharing the group and I, a couple people weren't, most people were, but there were like a couple that weren't. Okay. Um, but I would say just like go on Facebook and Google PGAD, like, or not okay. Google it, but put it in the search Facebook bar and like, you'll find groups. I think the one I'm in is like on one of the top ones. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Isn't that kind of so funny though? It's like still like some people all still feel like such shame and stigma yeah. that like, they don't want like the, I just can't, it's so interesting to me to hear that because at one point that person or those people who are against sharing it, were struggling trying to find a community and then yeah. they're not okay. Anyway, it's like this big, you know, treasure hunt. So is I'm totally, I'm not, that's not to bash. Like I, I understand, like, you don't want like random people who don't have PGAD to like go on and like join and like mm. troll. So I totally get that, but yeah. So anyone, so just look up PGAD persistent genital arousal disorder, and then hopefully some things will come up in the, the community. Now is the, is it in your community or is it like in general, there are people all around the world, um, who are part of the, the page. I think, yeah, it's like global. There's okay. definitely people from other countries for sure. Okay, cool. I think it's just so, it's so empowering to have that. Yeah. And I'm really happy that it's there, that someone's like, someone just started it there. It wasn't yeah. there one day yeah. and they're like, it needs to start. And now it's mm-hmm. like on into 2000 people and that's really important. So, okay. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being yeah. on and I'm really excited. And I think, um, yeah, I really think that this is going to add a lot of value to people's lives. And I hope that someone is going to come across it and be like, Oh, I have an answer. Well, thanks so much. And we will chat soon.